Hello, it's Monday again, which means it's Miracle Monday. That's right. Again. Yep. And I'm super happy. Welcome, friends. To have Father Jacob Bear here, priest yes. of the diocese. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Father Jacob Bear, priest of the Diocese of Cleveland. I was ordained in 2017. Yeah. That's true. Those and are all true statements. And you were at a parish before. Now you're at a different parish. That's right. And those parishes were both churches. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the parishes both being churches is the ability to pray there <laughs> with people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. And at both places. This is the interesting thing is we prayed the same prayer. And so it was crazy. People 45 minutes away from one another. They were doing the same thing all this time. I had no idea. And which prayer was that? The It's called the Eucharist or the, you know, I think just common folk like us, the unwashed masses. They call it mass. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you do more than just celebrate Mass. You're involved in a bunch of other ministries. One of the right. special ones is a healing ministry. What's that about? Yeah, I was part of an organization called Peter's Shadow. It began in Immaculate Heart of Mary in Cuyahoga Falls. I just hit the microphone. I just did it again. And it around 2017 is when I plugged into that ministry. I... Uh, stepped away from the ministry to focus on the parish after a couple of years. But in that time of praying with Peter's shadow, uh, it was an amazing time. We saw miracles happen. And it comes from, the name Peter's shadow comes from, I think it's Acts chapter 5. Uh, my Catholic is showing right now. And uh, where it says that they would bring the sick to the apostles and even Peter's shadow, when it fell on people, they would be healed. So they mm. took that name. And we began by stealing everything we did from Encounter Ministries that's located in Michigan. And we watched their documentary on praying for healing, and we watched them. And I remember watching it with uh, Mary Beth Garman and Mike Reagan, and we're writing notes down and going through the step-by-step. Okay, they said this prayer this way. They led people this way. And then... Uh, it must have been around 2017, we went to uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is where I believe our current bishop, Bishop Edward Malasik, mm. was bishop at the time. And uh, we had a healing service, and it was uh, a chaotic time, and we had no idea what we were doing, but Jesus showed up and healed people, and uh, I caught the bug, as they say. And did and- you find that all your notes were... Very useful, or were they just like useless? And it's like, okay, there's no plan. You go in and you just hand it all over to the Holy Spirit. What's the, or is there a formula? I think that there's both. You know, I think if you leave, uh, the Holy Spirit likes to use our minds and our hearts and our imaginations. And I think uh, we went in there with a plan and then we adapted where necessary. And then we did it enough where it became. Uh, our own in some ways. So we changed, we didn't do everything that Encounter Ministries did. And uh, and then we adapted other things and there just became a great freedom with that. That was a lot of fun. So uh, like part of it, a lot of the nights of healing that we did, a lot of it was uh, doing prayers like from Unbound, basically, mm-hmm. which is with Neil Lozano. Uh, you can get his book, Unbound, great book. And um so doing like re- leading people to just 
ask Jesus for forgiveness for sins, forgive other people in their life, forgive themselves if they need to do that, uh, and renounce lies, renounce evil spirits, and then place all of that at the foot of the cross. And a lot of times that was one of the most profound times of the evening of prayer, which could last for several hours. And after that time of doing like the interior work, Mm-hmm. When we were moving into, you know, all all healing prayer affects the whole person. I'm not convinced that there's like interior healing and physical healing, and these two are just divided completely. I think that there's a there's the Catholic both and at work, but we have to make distinctions. And the first part would be more the interior emotional healing, powerful, really beautiful. The peace that was present you could almost you could feel it almost like Mm. blanketing people and uh what we had to start doing was including a transition reflective song before we got into the more praying for physical healing stuff because to go immediately from like this powerful moment of laying everything at the feet of Jesus to then, okay, everybody stand up. We're going to be praying for uh, those who are sick. If you're sick, if you have pain, stand up. We would need to transition that because uh, it would almost do violence uh, to the heart to move too quickly out of that place of peace. And really, when you're praying for healing for people, uh, you want to carry that peace with you Mm. as you're praying. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But what I learned in that, was um, a familiarity with praying with people uh, that I still do as a priest. So uh, outside of I outside of like sacramental prayer. So let's say uh, I'm doing the anointing of the sick. There's a ritual with that. There's a ritual prayer because it's plugging into the very prayer of the church and the sacramental life of the church. And so there's a ritual that does that. But uh, oftentimes, if I'm in a situation where I'm praying for something, I'll work in both, you know, the mm-hmm. prayer. And if people are interested, the folks at home uh, are interested in like learning the steps of prayer that I use, you can buy Mary Healy's book, uh, Healing. And Mary Healy was one of the speakers at a Catholic Renewal Ministry Conference Mm -hmm. in the Diocese of Cleveland that I attended uh, uh, PC, pre-COVID. Okay. And uh, so she has a great book, short book, that talks about healing and different steps of praying for healing. And I still use those steps just to mentally map out how I'm going to start praying for people. And the effectiveness isn't in the... In the steps, the effectiveness is in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, the the steps are just a helpful way to attend to the person I'm praying for. So I don't want to hold on to the steps as if, if, I, if I skip down to a certain step because that's what seems the more reasonable thing to do. Now it won't work. It's not a mm-hmm. recipe. It's not a formula. It's praying in the power of the Holy Spirit with the na- name of Jesus. And it's wiz- comes from wiz- the steps come from wisdom and from experience. Yes. And a little bit of trial and error. Can you talk a little bit before you share the miracle story about trial and error and about going to pray for someone or for yourself and just feeling like this is strange? Well, 
if it if it feels strange, it's working. No, it's, <laughs> it it does feel strange, and uh, because I don't know, I think for a lot of Christians, I don't just think this is Catholics. I think this is a lot of more mainstream uh, Christian denominations. Um, the experience of praying with other people is usually very um, communal or it's uh, not as intensely focused on seeing a result right now. Mm -hmm. So it's more blessing. So I'm asked, somebody's getting surgery, Father, will you bless me for the surgery? Which I do. I bless and pray for a successful surgery. The type of prayer we were doing, and Peter Shadow still does, and I still like to do when somebody's open to it, is praying with an expectation that God wants to do something right now. And that is harder to do because it really starts to tap into that fear that we have that maybe Jesus isn't here right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's all on me. And then when I pray that way, uh, if I come with an expectation of Jesus wants to do something and I don't see that, now I have to wrestle with something that the other way I prayed prevented me from having to wrestle with these questions. Mm -hmm. So I, I would encourage so I would encourage people to pray with other people with expectation and then do what the disciples did when they prayed and they didn't see the result that they wanted. So there's a story where Jesus is coming down the mountain and there's the boy that's demonized and the father is trying, took his son to the disciples of Jesus and they weren't able to exercise this evil spirit from the boy. Mm -hmm. And Jesus interviews the dad, you know, what's going on? Well, I brought my child, you know, he, to your apostles, it all, this evil spirit often throws him down and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually it comes to that, um, famous line from scripture, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, Jesus diagnoses in a sense what the deeper issue was, and it was uh, a lack of faith in the Father. And also later on, the apostles ask him, why couldn't we do it? And he says, this kind comes out only through fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is like a good doctor. He's doing a lot of diagnosis in this quick healing vignette. And uh, he's asking the dad what's going on, figuring out what the real problem is, and then saying a word of command. Uh, and then after that word of command, his disciples who were trying to pray and weren't seeing it being effective, talk to Jesus about it. And I would say, if you pray with people, pray with expectation. If you don't see what you want to see, perfect. Now you talk to Jesus about that because it will reveal um, biases that you that we have. It revealed um, preconceived notions that I had. It, it it revealed lack of faith that I had in my own heart, and I needed to talk to Jesus about that. It actually became a way of touching the misery of the world that I was experiencing and inviting Jesus into the pain of that. And then there's a faithfulness and an obedience to the Word of God where you persevere through that. And I think he just blesses that profoundly. So to be able to go out there again, night at, you know, about once a month we were doing for a while there, once a month we were doing healing services. And uh, there were times where we saw amazing miracles. And uh, 
then there were times where we would leave and we would say, well, that was nice. <laughs> that was a wonderful time. And, um, but every single time when I would take that experience to prayer where we would say, that was nice. Cause I want the big thing. I want the wheelchair mm -hmm. up out of the wheelchair moment. Yeah, I want that. Start flying. Yes. I, I, well, flight would be incredible. <laughs> you know, they sprouted, we prayed and they sprouted wings. <laughs> It was incredible. It was like cherubim. I wish he'd come back, but he just well, like uh, oxygen mask came out as well. <laughs> Started. It was thought it was a blue angel uh, flying over Lake Erie. But so where was I? What was I saying? I got lost. Sometimes. So you took that experience of prayer, and what I realized in spending time before the Blessed Sacrament was Jesus in my heart would be saying like, "That's what they needed." Are you upset because that's what they needed? You know, I what wanted. What they needed? They needed uh, to. So let's say. So at one event um, that we did, we held it at St. Bernard's in Akron, or St. Bernard's. So uh, the so, <laughs> and at that night there was a guy there who had a cataract in one of his eyes. And we hadn't started praying over anybody yet. We were just doing praise and worship music. Um, people were praising the Lord, standing up. He ended up coming up and saying during the praise and worship, nobody laid hands on him, nobody prayed for him. Just during praise and worship, his cataract completely disappeared. And he could see perfectly out of his eye. When he told that story, what I saw happen to people there was they shut down. Because it was out of the norm. It was so out of the norm, they couldn't process it. Because that's not when it's supposed to happen. Right. It's supposed to happen during the prayer team. It's supposed to happen when we're praying for it. Or it's supposed to happen through the help of the doctors who really just do a great stellar job. And so I think some of the quieter nights is because Jesus, there was powerful inner healing that happened. Mm -hmm. But if anything overly dramatic happened, it would have caused scandal that would have actually reduced people's faith in what was going on, rather than perhaps being a first step towards going deeper into praying for healing for one another. So it's not to say that that is bad. That's, he's, Jesus is a good teacher. And so he meets us where we're at. And, um, and he doesn't want to be just the one we call in when there's a problem, but he wants to maybe give us a situation that we have to sort of reflect on, and that's pulling us into deeper, deeper relationship. I think you see that with the apostles and the gospels. You know, uh, I you know there's a reason they followed Jesus, and there is a reason why he would say, "Why don't we come away and pray? You know, stop doing what you're doing." Let's get away. Let's take some time for silence. You have to, when you have an experience of praying for somebody, reflect on that experience uh, with Jesus. And, um, but I would say I am convinced that Jesus wants to heal and I want to pray that way. All right. <clears throat> well, let's uh, get to this miracle story. Let's do it. All right. Where, where was it? Yeah. So the one, the big one, probably the wildest one that I've, I've ex I, I didn't experience it firsthand, but it happened at a conference, at that conference Mary Healy was at with the mm -hmm. Catholic Renewal Ministries pre-COVID. And the night we were praying for healing is when it happened. And so Mary Healy was talking about words of knowledge at this conference. And a word of knowledge is when somebody has an interior sense 
It could be intuition, a thought, feeling, image, different types of ways. You can, in her book, she talks about it. There's also a book called uh, Spiritual Gifts Handbook that she wrote with a fellow named uh, Dr. Randy Clark that gets into word of knowledge if you're interested. And so word of knowledge, we were praying, the team was praying, just proclaiming for the people this is what I think God wants to heal. And people who had that affliction would stand up and receive prayer. And um, so the leaders are praying, they're open to the Holy Spirit, they're asking for a word of knowledge. Right. And what would be an example? Uh, an example would be it could be as general as back pain or as specific as uh, vitamin D deficiency, which was one of the words of knowledge. So, um, or a, a certain kind of mineral deficiency, or people have image, you know, people get uh, a birth date and it ends up being somebody's birth date. And then what do you need prayer for? So it's almost prophetic. Mm-hmm. It can so be then prophetic. And stands up and receives And the prayer. leaders and everyone else prays for those people at that time. Everybody around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little more even flowing. Like we were giving, I was on the stage of the, for, I was part of the team that was giving these words of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we we just kept going. Yeah. So it was like dozens? Many. Yeah. Many words. And uh, here's the thing is we spent days before that moment, or at least a day and a half, talking about praying for healing. We were catechizing people. We were talking about the word of God, talked about what was going to happen. So we just didn't start with the mm-hmm. words of knowledge. So if somebody's hearing this and saying, that sounds insane, if if it happened the first night and nobody knew what was going on, it would have been chaotic. But everybody was on board. We spent uh, plenty of time getting people on board. They were they were they knew what was going on. It was not chaotic. It was an orderly time. How do you tell the difference? Or if you have a doubt and you're like, is this my thought? Is this my? Does this come from me or did this come from God? How do you sort that out? Has it been a, a period of trial and error? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I have I have a I have a, a very strong feeling this is from God and not from me, just because uh, interior. Yeah, I think um, it just it, it, sometimes uh, I would be really sure it was a word from God. Just there was a conviction to it that um, would be present, but there was no there's there was no time where I was like. Even with the strong conviction, you still have to act in faith. You still have to go on. You still need to make that leap and be willing to look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. You need to be willing to be a fool for Christ. So even if you say like February 29th, 2021, in a year that's not a leap year. So definitely no one was born that. Right. Then yeah. you'd know, I, 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 I made that up and I'm an idiot. (laughs) But that's where, and I would tell people. I would tell people that when I'm praying for them, be honest. So like when we're praying for somebody, sometimes people are like, I feel like I see you on a red swing set. Okay, does that make sense? None at all. All right, then it doesn't make any sense. Don't overanalyze it. You're not captive to people who are practicing praying with other people Mm -hmm. and what they say. So I just think it's important for people to give 
others enough room to be able to practice praying with other people. And also there's a responsibility the one coming forward for prayer has to honor that they're taking a step in faith and to discern the word that's given. So uh, the person coming forward in prayer needs to discern as well. Like I've received, I've been prayed over quite a bit and, and I, people say things and Sometimes it's almost like you're saying that because you know I'm a priest. You know, I don't yeah. know if you're saying that because it's of the Holy Spirit, because the way you're saying it, it sounds more like you, mm-hmm. you know. Now, does that mean I ignore it? I don't ignore it, but I'm not held, ca- I'm not a slave to a person's interpretation of their interior experience. I have, I take that word and I discern it with Jesus and see what he wants to make of it. Sometimes it's really beautiful, and sometimes it's not. But when it comes, and sometimes it's just was from them, it, it can still be beautiful. So when it comes to the word of knowledge, we were saying these words of knowledge, and one of these words was metal in the body in the shoulder. So praying for somebody that had metal in the body in the shoulder. Now, what I like about this one is um, if you get prayed for, and you have metal in the body that's impeding your ability to do something because it's holding something else together, Mm -hmm. you can't mind mind over matter your way out of a range of motion or into a range of motion. Mm -hmm. So the reason I'm telling this story is because I think a lot of people, when it comes to healing stories, they like a lot of times it's like, well... Maybe that's the prayer, or maybe it's just mind over matter. It's a psychosomatic yeah. response. Like my like stomach I've, hurt, and my stomach no longer hurts. Right. But and you're saying a range of motion is totally well, different. Yes, and so this story is there was a fellow who in uh, 2004, something along those lines, was taking care of the roof of his house, and he fell off the roof, and oh. he tore his shoulder I think it was his right shoulder, and he just it, it like shredded his shoulder. And the way that they had to put had to reattach everything was with seven titanium screws. He had two young boys at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the range of motion on his arm, whichever one it was, was minimal to non-existent. So the entire time so he can't play catch with his boys. Nothing. Wrestle. No painting. I think it was a you know you can't yeah no no catch no wrestling around. Hmm. Um, you know just doing stuff around the house. I don't know what he did for a job. Um, all of these different things. Impactful, and titanium screws. So we're not talking like it. Again, just to return to the mind over matter thing, like. We're not talking about somebody that um, had knee pain that then got prayed over and started moving around and the knee pain decreased, which is something that happens, that happens. when I pray. Yep. And um, sometimes the pain goes away completely and sometimes the pain decreases. Both are healings. Some are healed. So that's another thing. But sometimes that's adrenaline rush. You know, sometimes that's it's a really peaceful moment. And Mm -hmm. really, it was stress-related and inflammation that's related to stress, and they're having a moment of peace, you know. So our bodies and souls, our minds, uh, all of this is connected. But in this one, the word of knowledge was metal in the body in the shoulder. So he stands up. Stands up. 
He's prayed over by his wife. He he drove in from New York in order to be at this conference. Hmm. So wise men travel. So he traveled there. And uh, that night, so uh, day, uh, a couple of, a little while afterwards, what happened was his wife emailed somebody at the conference and related the story. I didn't know this that night. So I saw and read the email where his wife sent the email, said that night for the first time since the accidents, accident, he was able to lift his arm up to push a door, hmm. which already right there. That's a miracle. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Seven titanium screws, range of motion near zero. He's able to put out his hand. Amazing. And how does that happen? I have no idea. What happened to the metal? I have no idea. How How do you, like you can't, it's not like he thought real hard and then something happened. But that wasn't all. That's not all. So then they drive back home to New York, and the next day he was out swinging a golf club for the first time, I think, in like over a decade. He was able to play catch with his sons mm. and exercise with them and, and have fun, and they're teenagers at this point. So they they haven't had this experience wow. of playing with yeah. their father like this. And now as teenagers... They never remember when he could. Exactly. And now they saw... That Jesus did this miracle for their father. And you know what? He could have said, well, this is my cross to bear. Life is rough. I'll offer it up and, right. and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Jesus wanted a miracle in his life to bless him. I don't think Jesus did it just to show off. <laughs> like, I think Jesus did it because he loves him, loves his wife, loves his children. And wants to bring them closer too. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a there's an evangelistic element to this, and also there's just a beneficent element to mm -hmm. this. It, it was a good thing to do. So one of the lessons is when God blesses you in your life, you got to tell people. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Don't I would say keep so. that to yourself. And yeah. if you're afraid that people are going to look at you and say you're a Jesus freak, mm -hmm. I mean, no no one is is a bigger freak than you. Right. And uh, if that's the worst thing, if that's what we're afraid of, is people calling us names, we got to pick a different religion. It's going to happen. All right, so, let's close out in some prayer. All right? Would yeah. you lead us in, a, in yeah. a prayer out? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ who went to the cross for us. And uh, as Isaiah prophesied, uh, this suffering servant would bear our diseases, bear our sins, um, and take them away. So I thank you, Jesus, that you are a healer still and that you desire to work through your church, the body of Christ. Send forth your presence of the Holy Spirit to inflame in us a desire to pray with others, to sow your compassion, to bring your love. Amen. Amen. Father, Amen. Son, and the Holy Son, Spirit. Father Amen. Jacob, thank you so much for coming and sharing this story. And I look forward to you sharing another. You got it. Happy to do it. Peace. Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye.